Happy holidays from everyone here at the table. I'm Dean McGarren, joined once more by a cast of wonderful and affordable role players. This time, we're doing things a little different and bringing you a two-part holiday special over the next two weeks. Let's jump in as the Sunday nights present to you Into the Darkness, a Kringle Fest story. Far to the north, the thriving mining town of Iceville survives long, cold, and dark winters. When the nights are longest, the people of Icedale light up the darkness with candles, songs in exchange of gifts during Kringlefest. The celebration is named after the mysterious Kringle, who long ago brought the light to Icedale after the dark days. But Kringle is most loved for giving every child in the town a gift during Kringlefest that he has made from his magical workshop. It is believed by many that Kringle travels into town on a red sleigh full with presents drawn by eight flying reindeer. Kringle silently enters each house without ever being seen by children or their parents. In exchange for the gifts, the children leave treats for Kringle, which are always gone when they awaken to find their gift. You all are in Icefail during Kringlefest. You either have lived here most of your life, or you've come here just to see the celebration. So, let's go around the room and introduce our players, and we will start with Zenora. Alright, Zenora is a ghostwise halfling. She is actually an albino, so she's very, very pale, bright eyes. She typically wears her hair um, in a braided fashion. She's a cleric. She's a warhead cleric. Her deity is Tyr, who is a Viking deity of war, order, and protection. So she typically dons a, a more Viking style of clothing and hairstyle. Are you from Icefail, or are you just here for the festivities? She's currently traveling with another member of the party. They are just out on an excursion, which I believe Keljor will explain more in depth. Let's continue on to Kremnar Copperfoot. Kremnar Copperfoot would be a uh, very old dwarf. He is well past his prime. He's getting old, barely able to really even get in there and swing his axes anymore, but... He's coming out here to this uh, festival because he used to take his son out to the festival every year, but uh, no longer with him, but he still comes. He was going to have a long white beard and dressed in armor. That pretty much describes him. All right. Gilly, uh, why don't you talk to us a little bit about yourself? Gilly is a portal bard who runs around with singing a Kringle Fest song. He wears a Tortle neck sweater and a large beanie. Are you from the town or are you visiting to sing your songs? I'm a traveling bard. I, I go from town to town to spring Kringle Fest cheer during Kringle Fest or the Kringle Fest season. I also do other seasonal songs throughout the year. Wonderful. Wonderful. And last but not least, Keljor. Uh, hi. My name is Keljor. I, uh, I know magic. And, uh, my friend Zenora is taking me on a trip. I'm a bigger guy. That's what people tell me anyways. I'm about over 250 pounds, 6'9". I like the magic that uses the shadows. I didn't really have to learn it. They say that somewhere I was born under an unlucky star. But maybe I'll learn something on my trip that will let me know if I'm a good person or a bad person. You're a great person. For those that have come to the town, uh, as you walk around, it is a very dark night. You do see that the town has been lit by candles. There is small little bonfires around the town as well. As you walk into, you see shops selling sweet treats, pastries. And of course, you see a very interesting looking turtle singing songs. I, 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 I decided to be a bard, so this is <laughs> what I need to do. But I, I want to apologize to my listeners beforehand that, uh, that any, any bleeding that happens from their ears is entirely its fault. I fell with cursed darkness in a time long ago. Every nook and cranny there was no light would go. Fear and sadness for all, and the tears of they did flow. For no relief in sight did the dawn ever show. A stranger came to the town, coming up the road. He said he wanted to free I fell from the darkness that took hold. He said his name was Kringle, a hero from far away. He'd heard our plight in Iceville, promising to hold the dark at bay. The evil feared the hero, and tried to trap him cold. 
but the children cheered for Kringle, and their love kept him from that hole. The evil swore to slay him, but Kringle was so bold, he slew it with his power, bringing light to defeat our foe. As years passed, the he stayed near us, in the forest of the north. These works are full of magic, children's toys do come forth. These brings them down to Iceville, he slips from house to house, leaving toys and eating cookies, not even noticed by even a mouse. This day is a thanks to him for bringing light to our town, and he thanks all our children with presents that abound. Well, you don't see that every day, eh, Keljord? Keljord does not want to see that every day. Yeah, I don't blame you there, buddy. As the festivities go about, what do you all decide to do in this wonderful winter wonderland? Kramnar's gonna go listen to the people that actually know how to sing on the other side of town. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we should probably find a place to stay for the night. Keljord thinks so, too. Keljord do not like the snow very much. Very cold. Yeah. Keljor picks up Zenora and slings her across his shoulders. As a frobog, he can carry, I think it's another size up in terms of weight, so he's just gonna carry her on his shoulders until they find an inn to rent a room for the evening. And Zenora will help keep his uh, ears nice and warm. And Gilly, where are you heading to? Have I made any money with my caroling? Go ahead and roll for performance. First roll of the night. Gilly rolled a seven. So with your roll of seven, people are stopping, they're listening. So as you pick up the hat, as you pass around the hat, they are just dropping in a copper. You make about five, about five or six coppers from this, uh, from this little song and dance that you're doing. Not a huge amount, just enough to probably get you a warm meal. Well, I'm gonna head and go get myself a, a warm meal and... Maybe a, a cup of hot cocoa if I have enough uh, spare change for it. As you all head around the same direction, not as a team, just going to the same place. You're heading towards the inn. It's a very small inn uh, on the little bit of the outskirts of town. It's the first building that you actually see as you walk into the town itself. As you're all walking that way, coming towards you, wearing a pointed green hat, a red coat, and green tights, red shoes, this little gnome stumbles into the town and collapses at the doorstep of the inn. Keljord, Keljord, we gotta go help him. Why? Well, he fell down. He, he looks like he could be hurt. We should check up on him. Do you really want me to? Yes, I think it would be a very good thing to do. Okay. Keljord goes over and, at his friend's advice, picks up the, the little gnome man and sets him on his feet and uh, clumsily dusts him off, barely keeping from knocking him over again. As you set the gnome down, uh, his legs are very shaky, and he collapses once more. And he points north, and he goes, Must save Gringle! And he passes out. Keljor, Keljor, let me down, let me down. I'm gonna help him. Keljor shrugs, kind of annoyed at this whole proceeding. He did something good, and it didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. He'll take Zenora from his shoulders and set her on the ground, and quietly shake his head. You did good. I think he's just really hurt. And uh, Zenora is going to cast Cure Wounds on the the gnome. He gets three HP! So, so Zenora, go ahead and explain your magic. She's usually more of a a hands-on kind of cleric. Like, battle is the way she she tends to worship, but she does have that healing magic just so that she can help her friends or herself when when the time comes, as it always does in battle. She's, She's maybe a little bit more rough when it comes to healing. Like, she just grips their shoulder a little bit more tightly than she probably should. Her bedside manner is pretty good, but but her, her handling maybe isn't. But she's a halfling, so maybe being as, as rough for her isn't necessarily rough for anybody who is a little bit larger than she is. As your powers draw into him, the gnome goes, <gasps> His hands are still shaking. You must... Save Kringle, please. And he collapses at your feet, grabs hold of your outfit. Please, please save him. Keljor looks at the little gnome man, a little mad that he's set his hands on Zenora, grabs him by the scruff, sets him on his feet, and says, Keljor thinks you should use legs. Stop falling over. 
Kramnar, Gilly, what are you two doing at this point? Peeking me? in through the door, coming into the... What's going on uh, in here? Uh, just peeks in, looking at the gnome, trying to figure out what he's talking about. One other thing I should mention about Keldor is that he has the very unnerving habit where he doesn't blink, ever, it seems like. And his stare just is either a million miles away or very uncomfortably focused on whoever he's speaking to. So the little gnome looks over at you, Kramnar. I, I'm just, I need help. They, it's back. Kringle is in uh, danger. What's back? Yes, what, what is this thing that's back? At the mention of Kringle, Gilly's gonna kind of hop up and start sauntering on over. Kringle's in danger? What's he in danger from? The darkness. It's coming back. You must help, or Icevale will be surrounded in darkness again. Is it dark every night? Darkness, not that bad. Were you guys not listening to my song? There's an evil darkness that is coming, and we must stop it. Like yes, I, heard, I heard your song, and it said it defeated the darkness. What, what changed about that? I don't know, but we should definitely find out. We need to get this guy in there. Like, stat. I don't think he can stand for much longer. This is his record. Three I'm, seconds. Uh, I'm going to give him uh, some of my, uh, my hot cocoa. As you all take the little gnome inside, he sits at the table. He's shivering from the cold. You can see frostbite has started to take over his hands. You hand him the hot cocoa. He holds it very shakenly. Some of it spills onto his hands, but he doesn't seem to notice the pain. We, do we don't have time. You don't have time. It's coming. It's coming for all of us. Well, wait, where is it? You said you were pointing that way? And Zenora points in whatever direction that guy was pointing earlier, which is north, but she's not entirely sure. Yes, it, it's north. Um, does anybody have a, a, a piece of paper? Uh, a quill? Zenora will shake her head. Uh, maybe the front desk has some paper, and I'll, like, walk up to the front desk and ask them. They will happily provide you with a sheet of paper and a charcoal stick. Uh, here you go. Very shakily and very roughly, he sketches out a map, pointing where uh, Icevale was, and then there seems to be some type of almost an animal trail that leads further into the mountains. And then he circles it with a big W. That's that's where you'll find the workshop. Please. <laughs> Hurry. Alright, alright. We're going, we're going. Uh, are you going to be good here, though? I don't think I can make the trip back. Please help. No, you're, you're, you're staying here. Are you going to be okay here? I have my cocoa. Technically, you have his cocoa, but that works. I have a cocoa. You have a cocoa. All right, Keljor, you ready for some action? Keljor sighs, shakes his head, and says, Keljor would like to meet the darkness. All right, let's do this thing. Okay. I am not as good as I once was, but I, I can still fight. Let's go. I'm ready to go, like, on the get-go, and they're all discussing it. And I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's go, because I'm not gonna go out there and start beating people with my loot by myself because that's a sure way to end up as turtle soup. Keljo like turtle soup. Soup is I don't like the way that looking at me. Can, can we go get soup before we leave? Is there time for soup? Let's let's reward ourselves like with soup. We'll, it'll be our reward. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Let's go save this Kringle guy. Now I want soup though. Fine, let's go. Hurry. Faster done, faster with soup. As you leave the town, you find the winding path through a pine forest to Kringle's workshop. After traveling through scattered pine woods for an hour, the forest thins and you enter a large clearing lit by partial moonlight. Suddenly, four piles of snow start to rise into humanoid shapes and that are 30 feet in front of you. Their arms sprout out long, wicked wooden pieces and ice starts to form upon their ends, giving them sharpened, icy claws. And they start to advance. And we are going to go into initiative. Uh, the second Keljor sees all these creatures spring up, the shadows uh, that are being cast by the moon start to twist and form around him. And his hands begin to shimmer with almost oil-like haze as shadow and umber energy just flows from him. And he gives a smile, just gives a really deep, disturbing chuckle as he gets ready the battle. <laughs> what did everybody roll for initiative? Sonora got a 21. Keljor got an 8. Gilly got a 14. Kramnar got 11. 
So with a 21, Zenora will go first. So as you enter the clearing, they're all spread out a little bit. They are 30 feet away from you, but they are heading in your direction at a very blinding speed. They will be upon you in a matter of seconds. I've always been taught that slow and steady wins the race. You didn't learn from me. Seeing that they're probably too far away for her to reach, she's just going to take a couple steps forward and she's got her mace out and she's going to just like get into the stance that says I'm ready. As one of them gets into her range, she's just going to start wailing on him. Going to ready in action. So you're going to hold your turn? Yep. Until they get to her and she's going to start wailing on him as soon as they're in reach. You are in Luxanora because the first one comes up straight at you. He raises his claws up to strike. She is going to take a couple of swings with her mace. She is a war cleric. So that first one's going to be a 10. With a 10, your mace swings into it. It hits its belly, but the but the snow just kind of parts away from it and then reforms back. You don't do any damage. Okay, okay. Yeah, she was, she was probably more concerned about dodging the hit. She's going to take a, a second swing real quick. You can take two swings at level one? Yes, I can. Ooh. As a bonus action. So as a bonus action, she's going to take her second swing, kind of like a back swing, uh, for a 13. With a 13, the same thing happens. As you look into the creature's eyes, it doesn't have a mouth, but the folds of the snow start to form and make a wide grin. Oh, you're going to be a bitch, aren't you? And it brings its claw down upon you, but it gets a 7. That is not going to hit her AC, so she is staying good. The next one surges forward, heading straight for Keljor. This one also will slash at it with an icy claw. 21 to hit, its claw digs deep right into your gut, dealing 7 points of slashing. Keljor has one HP left, glories of the first level. He is going to respond to this attack with a resounding ow. Since he doesn't have anything reaction-based to strike back at the creature, he will take his damage and wait his turn. Next up is Gilly. I am going to tap Bardic Inspiration on Kramnar. And what is your Bardic Inspiration on Kramnar? I'm going to play a little ditty on my loot. Kramnar, the short and fat, uh, he's going to kill that snowman who doesn't have a hat. Then after I finish my little song, I'm going to pop into my shell. Okay, so Gilly goes into the shell. So, Kramnar, you were just given inspiration by Gilly. What do you do? That's a funny song. Now it's time to take action. I'm going to charge in here. Take me a swing. How many? D6 for the inspiration? 1D6, yes. I wrote a 9 and then wrote a 1 on the inspiration. So you were not very inspired? No, apparently not. Kramnar, as your axe digs into the creature, you come across the same thing that Zenora comes through. Is Your axe's blade just kind of slips in and out of the snowy body. Do you do anything else? I stand ready to guard against future attacks if anybody else is near me. Get ready to defend them as well. The ice person that you attacked, he's going to turn to you. Ice drips and forms upon his claws and he's going to jab straight at you. With his icy claw, he rolls a 15. Does that hit your armor class? Ha! You're gonna have to do better than that, you snow creature. The ice breaks upon your armor. His hand wheels back. He almost shakes it as if he was in pain. The next person up, Keljor. Keljor did not like the snowman that just hit him. So he is going to do some magic, good old-fashioned chill touch on the one that attacked him. So Keljor, I cast chill touch on the guy before me. Um, it is a ranged spell attack, so I need to roll to well, if hit. Well, if it's the guy that, is swing, that swung at you, he's right up on you. You can't do a ranged spell attack versus okay. someone in melee range. You can do it against somebody else, but not the one in front of you. Then instead of that, I'm going to do Shocking Grasp. Very well. Cast Shocking which is, Grasp. Which is right on him. Okay. And... That is going to be a 22 to hit. Describe your magic. Alright, so as the snowman comes up on Keljor and slashes him, Keljor takes a moment, looks down at his now partially disemboweled stomach, 
a snarl comes over his face. He grabs the snowman by the throat, his fingers digging into the snow. It looks almost like a, a storm cloud where shadow and lightning merge together, travels up his arm to where his hand connects to the snowman, and dark energy just jolts through the snowman. That is going to be five lightning damage on the snowman. Since the snowman is, well, made of snow, the water conducts the lightning very well. The creature starts to shudder and twist. He's not dead, but where you've gripped him, the water has sloshed away, and you can see an exposed bit of twig in its neck. Kodor spits on him as a free action, and then he is going to do something for boggy, and by that I mean he's going to activate hidden step, which as a bonus action, you can magically turn invisible until the start of your next turn, or until you attack, make a damage roll, or force someone to make a saving throw. Is he able to do that since he gripped onto somebody? Yes, he's able to do that, because you can bring your hand right away and do it. As a bonus action, he's going to turn invisible, then get behind the line of snowmen, so he's not behind them. The last snowman finally makes his up all the way up to Gilly. He goes down to swing at it with his icy claws. A 16 to hit. I will not hit. The icy claws scrape along the back of your shell. You hear a, almost like nails on a chalkboard behind you. It's trying to get in. We are back up to Zenora. As a free action, Zenora is going to twitch a little bit at that noise because that's horrendous. Now, as a halfling, she is able to move through creature spaces if they are larger than her. Are these snowmen medium-sized creatures? They are medium-sized, yes. Beautiful. So she's going to do a little bit of nimble halfling movement to roll around one of the snowmen to put it between herself and the dwarf who's also in melee combat with it to give herself advantage. That way she can take another swing at one of these things. Uh, Preferably the one that the dwarf just took a chunk out of. How's about a nat 20, y'all? A nat 20 will hit. Awesome. That's going to be nine points of mace like damage. So as I said, she kind of rolls around it and she just comes up and she's just going straight for that midsection. If she can take out one of the buttons from behind, that'd be Actually, from the side, she's just full bore swinging that mace, just coming along with a side swipe, just trying to almost cut the snowman in half with her mace, if possible. As your mace digs into the creature, you hear this snapping sound, like a branch being broken in the middle of the woods. And then, silence. The snowman crumbles into freshly turned powder and is no more. Awesome. Is there another snowman adjacent to her from this current spot? There is the one that is attacking Killjoy, yes. She's got one more extra attack. She's going to take it at that thing. Is that also adjacent to the dwarf, or is it? It's not adjacent to the dwarf, no. Okay, then she's just going to, whoops, she's going to do a normal swing. No advantage. going to pray for another 20, though. 18. How about that? 18. And 18 will hit. All right, has about 7 damage. I think that's the one that Keljor already attacked, right? That is correct. As your mace swings into this one, it too, you hear that loud snapping sound. And the snowman crumbles down. Go for the stick spines, y'all! That is going to be Sonora's turn. Two of its comrades down. It doesn't seem to take notice, so it is just going to blindly attack. If its prey locked into an impenetrable shell, the creature turns its eyes on its two remaining foes, the dwarf and the halfling. Seeing as the halfling is a smaller and therefore less dangerous creature, it's going to attack you, Zenora. Alright. It glides across the snow, raising its claws up, 12 to hit. That is not going to hit her. You nimbly dodge out of the way. She does indeed. Small and less dangerous, my ass. Gilly, it is your turn. Alright, I am going to emerge from my shell, stab with my longsword. So that's going to be 19 to hit. That is going to be a 3 for damage. I kind of pop up. I put my feet out of the bottom of the shell. Shell pops up. My head pops up. My left hand pops out. And my right hand pops out with a sword in it. Stabs right into the snowman. As your sword bites into the creature, you f- you feel a small little resistance and then your sword cleanly goes through. You feel like you don't do a huge amount of damage, but it is in pain and part of the snow starts to sloth off its body. Crabnar, Copperfoot. There are two enemies left. One is attacking Zenora, which is close by to you. The other one is a little bit off a further ways distance, being stabbed at by a turtle. So the one that I was still attacking is still there, though? The one that you're attacking is dead. Okay. Zenora Half Moon broke its back. Then I'll uh, start moving down the line, then, and I'll come up on the next one, and I'll be like, Arr, 
you need to get out there and uh, take my uh, battle axe and aim for the wooden spine, like I was told. For the record, Zenora appreciates his humor with the chill out. He'll he'll get a little snicker from her. <laughs> <laughs> Kramnar, what did you roll? So on my attack, I rolled a 21, 10 damage. Coming up to us, the next one in the line, I'm just start rearing back with his axe in one hand, his shield in the other, and just aim for a, a decapitation, trying to take off its head, and he cleanly comes through it, and uh, separating the uh, stick spine in there, sending the head rolling. As the creature's head rolls to the ground, it too merges back into the snowdrift. One final ice person remains. Keljor, it is your turn. You are invisible, and there is one ice person left. Kaljor is about ready to at least attempt to pull a scorpion from Mortal Kombat. He's going to come up from behind him. He's going to do Shocking Grasp again, attempting to just reach in and grab him by that twig spine of his. See how this goes. Kaljor got a 15 to hit. 15 will hit. Roll for damage. That was one point of lightning damage. As you go to deal a deadly blow, your foot slips on the ice a little bit. Your aim goes wide, and you slash at the creature's cheek. It does hit him, but the damage is very nil. Keljor has to try again. And we are back to the top with Zenora. Did Keljor come out of invisibility when he made that attack? Yes. Awesome. So seeing her friend pop out of invisibility and attack the last snowman, she is going to do the same thing she did last time, maneuver around the snow drifts and get into an advantageous position with this snowman, trying to draw its attention away from Keljor and take a swing at it. 14 to hit it. A 14 barely hits the creature. That's enough. And she's going to Four damage. As your mace comes down upon the creature, you hear that resounding snap. As the creature topples over, it actually stiffens back up. Its body starts to flake away. It's still there, but just barely. Oh, you're going to be a pain, aren't you? In a blind fit of vengeance, the creature is going to come at you with his ice claws once more, slashing down with a 12. That is not going to hit Zenora, but she is happy that she got in the way. That way it didn't go for her friend. With its twig spine partially broken, it misjudges its aim and kind of just twirls around on its body. Gilly, it is your turn. I am going to flash again with my sword, but I'm going to do it two-handed this time. Does a six hit? A six will not hit. As you go to swing the sword, you also slip on the same piece of ice that Kiljor slipped on. Your sword goes wide and almost stabs at one of your friends. Well, not friends, but one of your traveling companions. Watch it, turtle! I am going to give another bardic inspiration to Kremnar. Sing a little bitty. Still bragging on him. You're short, but you might be able to make this battle shorter. Krimnar, with the inspiration still ringing in your ears, what do you do? Alright, so only one left. Let's do this. And he bears back with his axe and gives it another swing. Rolling an eight, and then a two with the inspiration. So, this ice patch is very icy. Or that turtle just really ain't good at being inspiring. But that's, that's inner thoughts. Ha ha ha, shots fired. <laughs> It's okay, we're having a shell of a good time. Hey, turtle puns are my thing. (laughs) Kramnar, unfortunately, even with the inspiration ringing in your ears, your hip just kind of shifts in the wrong location. You're like, ah! And your swing goes wide, missing the creature entirely. My hip again. I know I shouldn't do this. But it is Keljor's turn now. Keljor going to finish this the way Keljor knows how to. With shocking grasp. Okay, that is an 18 to hit. No, no. No, why? Uh, can someone please clean up that bit of ice that's on the floor, please, in aisle seven? <laughs> <laughs> that will be two lightning damage on this wonderful little snowman we have right here. As you slip upon that patch once more, you're trying to balance yourself. Your arms go wide, and it grabs right into the creature in a happy sort of accident, touching the small piece of that wooden spine that was not destroyed by Zenora. Your spell goes off, and the creature fizzes and dies. <laughs> oh. Come here, buddy, I got you. Alright, so Zenora, seeing her friend in a lot of pain, she's gonna hurry over, and she's gonna she's not gonna use her, her only cure spell, but she is gonna try to kind of patch him up a little bit. She's just gonna try and, like, maybe make a, a medicine check to just kind of patch him up with some ripped bits of cloth. Go ahead and roll medicine check. That's gonna be a 19. With a 19, you're able to dress the wounds. The wounds are fairly deep. He's going to need some type of healing, but at least it's not gonna get infected anytime soon. 
awesome. Hey guys, can we can we maybe stop for a little bit? I I need Keljorda to take a little bit of a rest. Do you guys mind if we we find a good spot to hunker down and just chill out for a, a bit? Uh, yes, we can take a camp here. Great, great. You guys can uh, gather up some wood. I I can make a fire. Ooh, are you gonna make us soup too? Both Keljorda makes soup. We would promise soup. I I I, I never promise. Soup. Well, I'll go get some wood. Keljoy, you sit there, you rest. Don't fuss with that wound, none. Got it? Keljoy, promise. Alright, I'm gonna go get some wood. Hey, uh, Crammy Boy, you wanna come with me? Are we looking for soup ingredients? No, we're looking for wood. Actually, are the, um... I will look for soup ingredients. Are the spines of those snowmen still there? Like, can we, can we use those as twigs? Yes, you can. Awesome. Zenora's gonna start collecting those. She's like, hey! Eternal, I got some wood. All right, I'm gonna make a little campfire and cast prestidigitation on it. Make make ourselves a little little campfire to warm us up for this now. Rabbit soup. Keljor is going to attempt to make some type of soup by uh, boiling the rations that mm-hmm. we have. Okay. And using some of the freshly fallen snow as water. So it's going to be boiled ration soup for, for dinner tonight. Well, well, I was going to go look for ingredients do first. Do you have a pot or anything to cook it in? Does the fighter have a helmet? Yes. Keljor looks at him and says, May I borrow your hat? Normally no, but anything for soup. Thank you. <laughs> so... Keljor takes the helmet, gets the snow melted in it, and then starts boiling the rations to make soup. As the soup is on the fire, Keljor is tending to the soup, but the three of you, what are you up to? I'm looking for better soup ingredients to add. Go ahead and roll me a survival or a nature check. Can um, Zonora help him while she's out there gathering wood and stuff? If you like, yes. She will assist. Got a uh, 19 on my survival check. Don't really see a lot of animals as you're wandering around. You do see some edible herbs, berries, things you can find in the snow. Actually, uh, Sonora has an her background is all about this kind of stuff, so she can probably point out the good berries. So she's a, a wanderer, so she can find food and fresh water for herself and up to five other people every day, provided that the land offers berries, small game, water, etc. So she's, she's definitely going to be helping him with food finding. You were able to find some berries, a few leafy greens. As you're showing Kramnar, you're digging around in the snow, and you actually pull up a couple of root vegetables as well. Things that would go marvelously in a stew. Ooh, these are going to be great. Can't wait till we get back to that helmet of yours. Way better than rations, dude, now. Gilly, what are you up to? I'm going to spend this time tuning up my loot, hanging out by the fire, keeping warm. As soon as um, Kramnar and Zenora have left, a couple minutes later, just as the broth is starting to get going in the helmet, Keljor looks at the turtle, looks at his bag. Keljor... Hmm. Does Keljor have one? He starts poking around in his bag and pulls out a mess kit, which has a cup and simple cutlery, and it's a box that clamps together. One side can be used as a cooking pan, and the other as a plate or shallow bowl. Fun fact about the things that come with your uh, first level D&D character. As Keldra looks at this sort of smorgasbord of different tools, then looks at the helmet, then looks back at where Zenora and Kron are going to be re-arriving from, he takes the mess kit, puts the cup and the simple cutlery to the side, and then goes out into the woods and buries the tin box so it could never be found. I love him so much. Then he gets back to the fire, looks at Gilly and says, uh, Churchill saw nothing. He just, Gilly just kind of blinks uh, with one eye at a time and just goes back to tuning his loot. With that crisis averted, Keldor sits back down in front of the fire and starts stirring the soup and says, Keldor dodged that lightning bolt. Ooh, smells good. So I, I think shortly after Keljor gets back, Zenora and they're probably about done with their foraging and, and wood finding excursion. So Zenora's gonna skip on back to the camp they've created and she's going to offer Keljor the, well, she's gonna put the wood on the fire and she's gonna offer up the, uh, any of the berries and the roots that they found. Hey, uh, Keljor, these are, I think these will be great for the soup. Yes, good for soup. Soup and helmet. Soup not in anything else. Yes, good for that soup. Yeah, great thinking. Yeah, good thinking too. Keljor nervously takes the food and adds it into the soup, saying yes, very good for soup and helmet. As you all gather around the cooking helmet, 
because that's now a thing. The wind bites at you, but you're staying close enough to the fire. Sooner or later, it's not going to be a very thick soup because there's no meat, there's no fat into it. It's just going to be a very thin vegetable stew. It's going to be a little salty because you mixed in with trail rations. It's not going to be the best tasting meal that you've ever had, but it will give you a little bit of time to take a breather, enjoy the night air, and be able to get a little bit of health back. For anybody that was damaged and would like to spend one of their hit dimes, please go ahead and tell me what those rolls are. Kaldor got 4 HP back from his roll. Gilly was hit, but he had a shell of a time and didn't take any damage. I already made that pun. You guys spent an hour eating your food. Are you saying anything to each other? Talking to each other? No, Kaldor, the soup's pretty good, but I think we could do better. Next time we have soup, we'll, we'll do better than this. Yes. If only we had had actual pot with us. Yeah, that too. Definitely that too. So after everybody else is done scooping out the soup out of my hat or my helmet, he'll uh, wash it out with some snow, put it back on his head. As you put it on, it's still a little wet. Being so cold out, you're probably going to have to dry it out a little bit better. On the far side of the clearing, you find the path again. After a few minutes, your group reaches the top of a small hill. You see a large building on the edge of a woodlot 200 feet away. Moving around the outside of the building are six short, silhouetted shapes that appear to be on patrol. On the front right of the building, you can make out a door that appears to serve as the main entrance. So, we thinking these are hostile? Cause that, that dome was pretty messed up. I don't wanna Kel just go- Keljor can find out. Alright, alright. You do that invisible thing, so I'll, I'll keep an ear out for you. You know, you know how we do. Zenora, as a ghostwise halfling, has the ability to speak telepathically with one other creature. Mm-hmm. Let me see what the range is on that, though. Yeah, it's only within 30 feet. Um, so she'll she'll sneak as close as she can if there's like a... Are we at the edge of the clearing? Or... You guys are still in the tree line, looking upon this large uh, warehouse building. It's a very long building made of wooden planks. The shingles on the roof seem to be in very good repair. Around it, you see stacks of wood, uh, sleighs, and a small path leading up to the door. And walking around... Almost as if on patrol, seems to be these small creatures, but right now you can't really make out what they are. They could be gnomes, they could be something else. So what are we doing? Oh, Keljoy can go invisible, so he's probably going to sneak up and see what's going on. Okay. And on that note, Keljor does activate Hidden Step, and he heads towards the warehouse. I told you. Stealthily. He's a great guy. Killjoy, as you're heading through, you do hear the crunch, crunch, crunch of your footsteps, for this is very fresh powdered snow. So if you want to make it silently and to sneak up on these creatures, even though you're invisible, I will still need you to roll a stealth check. So this should be interesting because Killjoy has a plus one to stealth. So here we go. And that is a 20 for stealth. Killjoy, you keep to the tree line and are able to get close to the front door. Closest creature starts to walk towards you. It doesn't seem to notice the tracks, for you were very careful in where you're where you were placing your feet. The creature is not a gnome, it's not even alive. It seems to be a toy. Standing about three feet high, its body seems to be entirely made of some type of metal, maybe tin? Almost like a marching soldier, with a very large hat and a feather. And on its shoulder, as far as you can tell, it may be a handheld cannon. You're not, you're not sure. As you're standing still, it walks past you, and another one walks towards uh, following the same path that this creature was making. Keldor decides to try to stay on the same path that these creatures are for as long as possible, so his footprints won't be as noticeable. Mm -hmm. And he heads towards the building, looking for any sort of windows that he can peer through. As you're looking around, keeping to it, still using the same role, the windows seem to be blackened with either soot or have been boarded up. As you make your way around the building, you do see a small door. There are several boxes stood up next to them. It seems to be like just a, a place for someone to leave out of there, heading deeper into the forest. Roll me a perception check, please. That will be a whopping four. You do see tracks leading from the door, but you you can't really make out what they are. Everything seems to be kind of jumbled up. Like, multiple people have left and came through this door. So you can't make out any individual tracks. 
Are you going to stay at the is, door, or are you going to continue on because the toy soldier is coming up on you? Is the door locked? Are you going to try to test it? Yes. The door is not locked. You said it was small. How small are we talking? Small enough for a gnome. Or big enough for a gnome. Could I fit through? I'm 6'9". You can fit through. You would have to squat down very low. Uh, you can shimmy yourself through. Keljor will do so. By himself? How, how far away is this building from the tree line where we left? 200 feet. The range on message, it's 120. The toy soldier continues his approach. He doesn't see you. Um, I'm going to duck inside and wait for the to toy soldier to pass. Are you looking into the area that you're at, or are you just waiting for the soldier to pass? Uh, I'll peek through, and Keldor has about 120 feet of dark vision. You find yourself in the main area of the workshop. The area is 60 foot wide by 40 feet deep and with 30 foot high ceilings. The room is filled with dozens of gnomes in tall pointy green and red hats, methodically working away on these the same toy monsters that you saw patrolling outside. At the far end of the workshop sits a six foot tall monster covered in dark fur with cloven feet, a tail, two horns, pointed ears, and a long tongue. Well... Keldor feels like he has gathered enough information, so he turns around, looks at the door, and cracks it open to see if the soldier's gone. The soldier has passed. There is another one approaching. Alright, so since he's still invisible, mm -hmm. he will close the door quietly behind him and then head back to the forest. We're going to leave Keldor now and see what Zenora, Kramar, and Gilly are up to while they're waiting on you. You see Keljor disappear, and you do notice the tracks leading towards the warehouse. Once the tracks align with the soldiers, with the toy soldiers, you completely lose sight of where Keljor is, and you're basically just standing out in the cold. Are you three doing anything? So we're in the tree line, right? Are there more, like, singular trees between us and the workshop, or is it just like a blank field? There are a few trees here and there. You also do see several boxes, several piles of wood. Also... To one of the far sides of the corners, you see a bright red sleigh. Ooh, that's tempting. How close to the sleigh do the toy soldiers go? Toy soldiers seem to pass it. They don't. They do not engage with it, but it is fairly close to where they are at. I do have a plan. Does anyone here know how to cast the the the, the thing with the door, and then you poof, and then we're inside? No. I do not know that one. What's it called? Like poof door? Yeah, no, I don't um, got that one. Uh, what what about the one where you you run r really fast and poof? Uh, it's the the um misty. No, I ain't got that one either. The turtle's kind of like looking up and and trying to remember all the songs that he knows. He, nope, don't know that one. The one where you sneak really good. I mean, I'm just small and kind of naturally sneaky, so true, I, true. why would I need a spell for that? I, I, I can fall down real good. We, we, we could try that. We, we, we can, can fall down real good. Yes. Okay. How deep is the snow? It comes about to ankle height. So since Zenora is actually pretty light, does she actually sink down as much as the others do? You are pretty light, but it's also a, a smaller area of mass. So you do sink down just about as much as they do. So Zenora, she would like to get a little bit closer so she's going like, to nod to the other two and make these like little gestures pointing at herself and then pointing at the tree ahead of her and then like doing the little like creep walking with the fingers thing like the dink, 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 dink. And then she's going to point to herself again and point to the tree again so that they understand that she is going to sneak and she's just slowly creep her way closer. Roll me a stealth check, please. That's going to be an 11. Zenora, as you make your way to the tree line, you are very light on your feet. You make your way quickly to the nearest tree, darting in and out. As you hit another tree, you get up close. A toy soldier walks by you. It doesn't seem to notice you. A piece of snow off one of the branches falls down next to your feet. The toy soldier turns, sees you, and takes aim with his gun. Well, shit. So, we will now go into initiative. Part of that initiative is Keljor... You are behind the warehouse when this is happening. Why doesn't everybody tell me what they rolled for initiative on three? One, two, three. I got an eight. 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 You all rolled an eight. <laughs> if that's not part of unity, I don't know what is. Right? The toy soldier that's next to you, Zenora, takes aim and he fires with his gun. 
He shoots at you with a 16. Ah, uh, that's not a hit. She's got an AC of 18. So the toy soldier turns his gun onto you, takes fire. He's expecting a taller opponent. The shot goes straight over your head, hits the tree behind you. Yeep. The next toy soldier, he runs up and he takes a shot at you as well. He shoots at 11, again missing your tiny, tiny frame. She's okay with this. Keljor, you hear two shots go off. The two soldiers that were patrolling the back, they immediately turn face and start to head around the building. One runs away, and you're left with one by himself. It is your turn. Keljor is going to decide, huh, this is in fact a robot, and they do not like lightning, so why change? Shocking grasp. And do I get advantage because I'm attacking him from invisibility? Yes, you do get advantage. Alright, so that is a 22. I'm hoping that still hits, otherwise we are done for. That is going to be three lightning damage on the robot. Keljor, seeing one of them run away, just as this little robot man turns where his compatriot is going, Keljor, looming up behind him, emerges from invisibility, grabs him by the neck, and just Emperor Palpatine's him for a good hot second there. The creature's body, that is made of metal, goes wild as his hands go into the air and starts to shake. After the spell, there's this burn mark on its back, and it swivels around you. Before we figure out what it's going to do, Zenora, it is your turn. All right, so about how far away from these creatures is she at this point? The two that are shooting at you are between 10 and 15 feet. In fact, is she is going to try a spell. It's going to be a ranged spell. It is called Sacred Flame. And she is going to cast it at the first one that shot at her, because he came a little bit closer to hitting her. Uh, it is a DC 12 dexterity save for you. As the radiant energy comes down from your spell, I rolled a 12, so the creature... <sighs> so the toy soldier barely scoots out of the way as the beam of light strikes into the snow, burning away the snow entirely and creating steam. They're very ranged, so she's going to kind of keep hidden behind this tree until the rest of her party can, can join and, and back her up. Gilly. I am going to my, my last uh, bardic inspiration on Zenora. Sing a little shake, 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 Zenora. That's going to give her a d6. And I'm not sure if this will work, but. Alright, so I'm going to try and cast Tasha's hideous laughter at one of the toy soldiers. So that's going to be a wisdom saving throw. The one that you used the spell on, he roll, uh, I rolled a 10. So he just starts. He doesn't, he doesn't laugh, he can't speak. He just starts shuddering and jittering, just back and forth. You start to hear little crinkings of the tin knocking as he moves uncontrollably. So that will end my turn. Some more things to knock down. So he's going to come reaching his axe out of its holster and ready himself. Or are they in with range that I could come right up and hit one of them? You can go ahead and charge away. All right, so he's just going to start there in the middle. Try to take the middle one down here. And rolled, if it was with advantage, two nat 20s. Roll for damage, sir. That'll be eight damage. Go ahead. Describe. So he's just going to come up and look this little toy thing in the eye and just come down with his axe straight into the head, uh, splitting it down the middle. They're like, ugh, these things aren't that tough. There's just many of them. As you bring your axe down, it splits the head in two. The pieces of the head fall to the ground. Its body is still standing up straight and tall. It's not dead yet. It grabs hold of its gun. A blade shoots out of the barrel, and it's going to shank you with a bayonet. An 11 to hit you. Try better than that little thing as I swipe it away with my shield. You also hear the sound of steel on steel as two more bayonets come out, and two more of the toy soldiers are going to run up and try to stab at you. Eight and a 24 critical. So the other one, still not sharp, but oh, my back. He stabs you in the back for nine points of damage. Keljor, the one that you shocked has a burn mark on its back. It turns around. You hear the sound of a of steel on steel as a bayonet appears, and it comes to shank you. Six to hit you. Ha <laughs> ha, no. And Zenora, the two that are on you, continue to open fire. Six to hit, and then 11. Uh, even combined, those two attacks wouldn't hit. The shots, they graze the tree that you're hiding behind. Keljor, it is your turn. Keljor 
realizing that he could be very close to death if this thing hits him again, or any of these creatures hit him again, looks at the metal body and realizes his current strategy is his best strategy. So he reaches out, grabs the metal gun, and lets the lightning from shocking grass burst through him. And because he is made of metal, I get advantage. So the 7 will not hit him, but the 24 sure will. That is seven lightning damage on the little metal drummer boy. So this time, instead of just leaving a black handprint on its back, your hand just runs out, hits it, and its body explodes in from your palm outwards. The pieces of its body clang to the ground, and the heat from it starts to melt the snow. Haha. <laughs> Boom. Now because Keldror has movement left, he mm -hmm. is going to go towards the sound of battle where all of his friends, question mark, are doing battle. So I believe he's on the other side of the warehouse. Mm -hmm. So it's probably going to take him the movement of this turn and the movement of his next turn to get to the battle. Is that correct? That would be correct. All right. And so that will be the end of Keldror's turn. And speaking of his friends, question mark, Zenora, it is your turn. Well, Zenora is not a question mark. She's not the question mark part of the friends. She's definitely his friend. Now that Kramnar is up in combat with these things, she is going to leap out from where she's hiding behind this tree, and she is going to take a swing at the person that kept shooting at her. She's going to take a swing at him with her mace, and she is going to get a 10 on that hit. She is going to miss that toy soldier. All right. Uh, Gilly, you're up. <laughs> All right, so Gilly is just going to pull out his longsword and with two hands swing at the closest toy soldier. You said a 10 definitely hits, right? Yeah, ten I'm does pretty not sure hit. we decided that. <laughs> 10 does not hit. That is going to be all I am going to be able to do, so that's going to end my turn. After Gilly, it is Kramnar, Copperfoot. Uh, so he's looking kind of bad, so he's going to use Second Wind. I got a 9, so I can regain 10 hit points. And I'm back to full health. So he's going to uh, breathe real heavy and be like, You're going to have to try a little harder than that to put me down. And starts readying his axe to swing some more. And rolled another nat 20. That's three in two turns. Pulls his axe back out of the, the head of this toy soldier and just drives it even deeper, probably splitting it in half, I imagine, with 15 damage. This toy soldier is completely obliterated. Both halves of his body clang to the floor. The other two take a small step back, but they steal themselves. Pun. <laughs> Anything else for your turn? I just get ready for their onslaught and my turn. The first one in you is going to bayonet you. 22 to hit. That hits six damage. Hits you for six points of damage. The second one with a 19. That hits four points of damage. I'm still up. With two of the soldiers down and two trying to kill Kramar, the other two keep their focus on Zenora. With two of their companions down, the two that are attacking Kramar continue their onslaught. While the two that are on Zenora, you hear that familiar shink of metal upon metal as two bayonets appear and they go to stab you, Zenora. The first one is a 7, and the second one is an 18. That second one hits. They finally got the number right. As you avoid the first bayonet, you feel a stinging, sharp pain in your back. The bayonet has sunk in deep, dealing 6 points of damage. Yay! That kind of hurts. Okay, not doing that again. And Keljor, as you turn the corner, you see Zenora get stabbed in the back by one of the toy soldiers. I'm not a barbarian, but the spellcaster version of Rage, which is... Not rage, just anger, I guess, uh, activates for Keldror. He forgets he's a squishy and lays his hands on the closest toy soldier and jolts him with a shocking grasp. Here we go. And that's with advantage because he's made of metal. That is going to be an 18 to hit. Oh, I want my Christmas is the damage over one. The damage over one. The damage over one. All I want for Christmas is the damage over one. Then I would have a Merry Kringlemas. Unfortunately. It's one. <laughs> it's one. <laughs> that's that's the moral of the story. It, it, it was a one. It, it, <laughs> I, I want you guys to all know for all the time. That was embarrassing. And I appreciate my time playing with you guys. Goodbye. I thought it was okay. very heroic. Unfortunately, Kiljor, as you go to reach to the Ten Soldier, you actually touch the gun that it's using. 
the stock of the gun is made out of wood. It does not conduct electricity very well, so it gets away with minimum damage. Well, at least I tried. Zenora, your friend is up helping you. It is up to you to figure out what to do. Zenora, seeing Keljor join the fray in melee, is gonna kind of get this moment of, oh shit, I need to take care of this. Because she knows how squishy Keljor is. So she is going to dodge down and maneuver herself around this little toy soldier, effectively giving herself flanking on it uh, so that she can thwack it really good, aka with advantage. And that's going to be an 18 to hit it. And I have a quick question. The Bardic Inspiration, can that be applied to damage or just the attack roll? Just the attack roll. There are certain bards that allow that, but you guys are not high enough level for that to come into play. That's okay. I was just uh, trying to decide if I needed to add extra damage to this hit. Which one did you attack? The one that Keldor just attacked. Okay. She's putting it between herself and Keldor. That way she got the advantage. That's going to four damage to that guy. You rough it up a little bit. Parts of it seem to be broken. One of its arms is no longer usable, but it is still very much up and still very, very much dangerous. Okay. She's only got one spell slot. She's going to save it for a cure. Uh, she's, she's not going to smite this thing. She's just going to keep trying to draw their attention basically away from Keldor. He has such a good friend in you. Not such a healthy friend right now, but he's got a great friend. <laughs> Gilly, you're up. I am going to just uh, take another swing. Actually, I- I'm going to put away my weapon and I'm going to slash at this thing with my claws. Does a 13 hit? 13 barely misses it. Your claws slice against the, the metal of its body. No damage taken. All right, I'm going to swing again. Does a 17 hit? 17 will hit. Which one do you do damage to? I'm going to get one of the ones on Zenora. I'm not going to split the damage. I'm going to hit the one that's already been hit. I sheath my sword into my shell. Don't worry about the uh, actual biological implications of that. I uh, kind of like, I, I swing wildly with the first one missing it. But on my second swing, I'm able to hit on the reaction pretty much right across the mechanical face of this thing. Its face is very badly damaged. Its body seems to be held on by nothing but duct tape and a prayer. It's on its final legs, but it's still up. Kramnar, it is your turn. I'm kind of hurt. I'm going to take the disengage action. I'm going to disengage to the tree line. Okay. Because uh, I only got two hit points left. <laughs> and that's going to take my action. I don't really have a bonus action ability. So as you do that, the toy soldiers that were on you... They don't follow you. They don't seem to be wanting to leave that far into the forest. What they will do is they will put their hands onto their bayonets, push them back down, and they'll start to load up for another round of shots to shoot at you on their next turn. Zenora! Yeah! As you're fighting one, the one that has been horribly beaten and battered is going to jutterly try to stab at you with its bayonet. Critical. Jesus. Yeah, I think the cleric's about to drop. Seven points of damage. (laughs) Yeah, she, uh, Zenora, uh, she, she did her best pulling all the aggro away from, from Keljor, and she's like, I got you! Ugh! It got me. And then she drops. And then Gilly takes a bayonet, 18 to hit Gilly. That'll barely hit me. Seven points of damage. I am still up. Keljor, Zenora is down. What do you do? The one that took her down was the one that we were both hitting, right? Yes. Keljor is gonna shocking grasp again. All right, that's going to be a 21 to hit. Definitely hit. Roll for damage. And we will have a reprise of the All I Want for Christmas is uh, having more than one damage. But that is enough to destroy the creature. With your little static shock, the creature finally drops dead and cannot move anymore. Thank the Lord of Shadows for this small victory. Then he looks around hoping no one heard that. And uh, as my bonus action... Can I use that to pick up Zenora and run into the woods, not worrying about the opportunity attacks? You can pick up Zenora. Um, you will take attack of opportunity. That's fine. I'll pick her up and try to move towards the tw- tree line. Is that something I'm able to do? or? or yes, no? you're able to do that. You will take an attack okay. of opportunity. So the one that has not been hit yet, he stabs at you with a 10. That will not hit. And you and Zenora book it into the tree line, into relative safety. Gilly, you have been left all alone with a small little toy soldier, only about waist high. I'm gonna cut him with my claws again. Does a 13 hit? 13 will miss. About a 17. 17 will hit. Alright, that's gonna be two slashing damage. So, once again, I think I need to stop starting with my right hand. I think Gilly's uh, left-handed, so probably evil, but, um, 
<laughs> he misses with his right hand and, and swings again with his left hand, making contact, scratching into the metal with his claws. Kramnar, you are running into the forest. The toy soldiers are nearly uh, finished loading up their guns to shoot at you. What do you do? Is there like a tree I can hide behind? You can take cover behind trees. That's what they're there for. I will take cover behind the tree and ready in action. If I see something come around this tree that's not one of my friends, they're getting an axe blade. Do you consider Kelator a friend? Uh, he hasn't been the one attacking me, so in that sense, yes. Yes. So, Kramnar, as you take behind a tree and cover, Zenora, believe you owe me a death save. I do indeed. I'm going to add that bardic inspiration. What'd you roll? Not very high. <laughs> I'm gonna, I got a four on the Bardic Inspiration and a five on the Death Save, so that's a nine. Even I with your in inspiration, still you still fail. Hey, if I'm gonna give help, <laughs> make it go a little bit further. Sing us better songs! We need to inspire the Bard to inspire, <laughs> to inspire people. <laughs> Killjoy, as you're carrying Zenora into the forest, she's very light being a halfling, but your hands become slick with blood. You start to see the color drain from her face. She does not have long for this world. Keljor picks up his pace a little bit, trying to get to the tree line before the soldiers can fire their shots. As Kramar ducks behind the tree, the toy soldiers choose a new target to take aim at, and they're going to shoot at Keljor. So Keljor, you get a shot towards your back from Everybody a tiny... Everybody hates Keljor. 21 to and hit. And that'll hit. Five points of damage. Ha <laughs> ha! Joke's on you! I have something for this! I have something called Strength of the Grave, because I am a Shadow Sorcerer. Starting at first level, your existence in a twilight state between life and death makes you difficult to defeat. When damage reduces you to 0 HP, you can make a Charisma saving throw, DC 5 plus the damage taken. On a success, you set drop to 1 HP. So, time for me to make a Charisma saving throw. What's the DC? The DC is 5 plus the damage taken, so that is going to ten. be a 10. Okay. Make a charisma saving throw. Let's hope I get this. Ding dong, I got it. Keljor got charisma in his own Keljory way. <laughs> Ding dong, it's 22. <laughs> Keljor made the save. He is dropped to 1 HP instead of 0. He keeps trucking. He keeps trucking. Uh, Zenora, I know it's hard to ask you this, but I need another death save. Uh, you know, I don't think it is that hard. She really just does not want to live it. She's like, I'm done with this. I'm done with life. Uh, that's a six on the death save. So we're at two failures so far. For those of you keeping track at home, the cleric is down. And literally, if it was any of us, you could help us out. But there's I know, not much we can do. The sad thing is she kept a cure specifically so that she could help somebody else. Didn't even think to cure herself. Gilly, the bard, it is your turn. I'm going to try again with the long sword, so I'm going to pull that back out and get a swing in. I roll the 14. Does 14 hit? A 14 will hit. Is it one? Is it two-handed or one-handed? Two-handed. So the damage on that is going to be at. So describe to me how you end this creature's life. So I'm going to pull my sword uh, back out of my shell. I'm going to swing it kind of like a golf club and slice it from groin to head, trying to cleave it in two that way. The creature is cut in twain. Its body lies on the ground, motionless. Is it possible for me to pick up the gun? It is possible for you to pick up the gun. Uh, I, I'm going to do that, and then that will end my turn. Okay. Kramnar, it is your turn. I guess they're not following me then. Well, I will uh, pull out my crossbow, peek out from my tree, and give it a fire. I uh, don't use this thing very often. I rolled a uh, nat one. Yeah, it goes wide. It does not hit. Keljor and Kremnar are both behind trees. Is that correct? Yes. That is yep. Right. Okay. They're going to hold their position until they see you. They are just basically hold. Um. Oh no! Never mind. They can shoot Gilly. I forgot about Gilly. Fire at Gilly. Pop. Thirteen to hit Gilly. That misses Gilly. Twelve to hit Gilly. Also misses Gilly. They're going to start loading their guns again. Keljor, it is your turn. You're behind the tree. Zenora is not looking well. I will go ahead and just, I'll, I'll try medicine, see what happens, but All right. I don't know if that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> you are, at this yeah. point, you are just in a panic. You don't know what's going on, and you don't know how to save her. Well, H. Okay, we got this. We got this. Zenora. Sorry. We got this. I need you to make me a death saving throw. 
All right. This one's all for the money. <laughs> wow. <sighs> well, Zenora's going to go have a little chit chat with Keljor's shadow deity and be like, Oi, this guy's pretty cool. Take care of him, okay? Or, or let me. I don't care. As she slips away from this life with a five on her third death save. And unfortunately, I didn't roll a one on any of those, so I couldn't use my lucky feet. <laughs> Keljor, as you're behind the tree, Zenora's eyes open up for just a second, and then her expression goes blank, her body goes limp, and she's gone. Gilly, it's your turn. Oh, that about losing the life of a party member. He is going to angrily stomp over and try and kill another soldier in retribution. Does a 21 hit? A 21 will hit. And that's going to be 5 damage. Kramnar, you're up. Yep, and uh, I'm going to try with my leg crossbow again. This time I rolled an 18. 18 will hit. 6 piercing. Which one do you hit? The one... Is there one in, that's been attacked before? There's one that Gilly um, just stabbed through with a sword. That's that's the one I'm shooting. As your bolt shoots into its chest, its body goes limp, and Gimli, your sword becomes heavy from its weight. It's gone. I'm going to use like rest of my movement to go over the tree that uh, the rest of my party's hiding behind, and just when I arrive there, I realize that I'm too late, and I'm just, no, not another comrade, not like this. As Kremnar is is grieving over the loss of a newly found companion, the toy soldier unsheaves its bayonet once more, and it goes after Gilly. Critical, 24 to hit. Eight points of damage to the bard. All right, Gilly's down now. Keljor, what would you like to do? How many more of these soldiers are up and about? One left. Keljor looks at him, enraged, casts Chromatic Orb on him. So your Chromatic Orb misses. I'm pretty sure that's my turn. Gilly, roll me a death save. That's going to be a five. You guys might get that soup after all. Kramnar, it is your turn. Well, I'd love to help my friends, but if I get hit again, I'm going to end up like them. So, peek out from the tree again with my loud crossbow for a 22 to hit. 22 will hit. And 11 piercing. Kramnar, describe how you kill this creature. So, uh, Kramnar says, I'm tired of everyone around me dying. And I peek around with the, the crossbow and just boom. Headshot, clean through. It drops as I rush over. Like, I won't let another one of us die, and I'll come over and I uh, will be trying to help you stabilize. What's Keljor doing? Keljor is cradling Zenora's body with one arm and then just staring bloody murder at the warehouse. What is it made of, by the way? Wood and stone. Perfect. Kramnar, please roll me a medicine check to try to stabilize Gilly. I rolled a 14 on my medicine check. 14 will stabilize. Over my years and years of knowledge of combat, I know how to just wrap simple bandages. So he comes over just, all right, so what do I do? Um, um, okay, uh, wrap this around here, pull this, and just he's just, uh, anything that's bleeding, he's making it not bleed anymore, and that's the best he can really do. Through coughing up blood, I... <coughs> Thanks. Uh, thank God he's, he's going to live. Uh. As one of our heroes falls, and as one is saved from the brink of death, we're going to take a step back from the story, and we will continue this next time on Sunday Nights. Minstrels, play us out! <laughs> <laughs>